What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, with the Tad the Side. And Tad, I see you wearing a Cardinals shirt. Is that for the St. Louis Cardinals or the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, yeah, it's well, I have no Arizona Cardinals gear, but because they hated my, or they hated, they beat my most hated team. The Dallas Cowboys. I had to like kind of go with the best case scenario. So it's not only a Cardinals shirt, but ah, there you go. Nice. And don't forget, they were once the St. Louis Cardinals as well. That's true. That's very true. Uh, uh, but I just a think bit that history. I just think just based off the video, like you know where your shirt cuts off, it's just the head just, for the oh, cardinal. Well, yeah. So it could but go in either very direction. Much on purpose, it's very much on purpose because so it could go for, in either direction. So it's like, yeah, I mean, just based off this past weekend, we had some interesting games. We had obviously we're talking about the Cardinals here. They had a massive upset of the Dallas Cowboys, um, and they were in control of that game the entire time. So it wasn't like Dallas had the lead and they gave it up. Like Cardinals were up the entire time. And they didn't trail at once. So they won that one from start to finish. And that was impressive. Um, Tad, I think we have to obviously talk about that absolute drubbing of the Denver Broncos by the Miami Dolphins. Like, I mean, they were that... able to execute whatever they wanted. I mean, just Sean Payton is now 0-3. Mike McDaniel is just cooking on all cylinders there. It was just uh, – uh, I think they said it was three points from the NFL record of 73 points. They scored 70, and I believe they were nine yards away from the single game uh, total yards record as well. Because I think they had like 746. And I think the record was like seven, you know, somewhere in the 740s or something like that. So just like yeah, they were very close in that aspect as well. I mean, just yeah. So that was absolutely crazy. Real, Obviously, real your quick, Colts. Real, well. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the good news, real quick, I've I've had some doozies on this show, but that may have been the most wrong I've ever been on this podcast ever. Yeah, that was one of your betting picks, Tad. Direct quote. Direct quote was, "I don't think Denver is going to beat Miami," which is like, okay, that's fine. They didn't, but I don't think they're going to get blown out by them either. Yeah, that that's probably your. Most cold take. That's like a oh, frozen tundra that Antarctica age. below fifty type of take. Like I mean, that's just yeah, it didn't work I, out at all. I, like by halftime, I was like, oh my god, like I've just lost all my credibility ever, just because I was and I was right about most of my other picks. By the way, like I think I went two for three, but oh, that one miss was such a bad miss. Yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt quite Thanks a bit. But God. like I said, to make up for it, the Colts were able to come up with the yeah, upset there against go. the Baltimore, uh, awesome. Baltimore Ravens with that last second field goal. I mean, just, yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. So, yeah, we had a lot of crazy action. Obviously, Tad, we need to talk about Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game and that absolute no, and we don't need bloodshed to. by we the Chiefs need, as no, well. Like, we, I mean, just. Well, that was, <laughs> yeah. To, to Jay and Matt, I, I feel your pain. Trust me. You know what's you know what's crazy too is that Tad on the West Coast here we were given that game as Fox's game of the week or whatever, Ooh. but because it was over by halftime pretty much. Oh, did they, they switch switched it? it. Oh. They switched it to the Cardinals Cowboys game, so that's how bad that game was too, oh. unfortunately. So yeah, Matt and Jay, I am sorry, but just yeah, that was not a good game from the get go. And yeah, I'm actually very thankful Fox was like. Yeah, let, let's give up the other games. They, they basically like, the mid-game flexed it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Man. 
yeah, that was rough there. But that obviously we're here to talk about fantasy deals. We did have some notable injuries over the course of week three here. Um, not as many as week two and week one, but there is a very significant one. Unfortunately, hits home to the LAFB network because let's start off there at the very top there. Mike Williams, wide receiver with the Los Angeles Chargers. He unfortunately suffered a knee injury in the third quarter against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he had to get the MRI today just to confirm. But yeah, he was uh, he had to get help to the sideline. Then eventually off the sidelines, they carted him to the locker room. So you knew that it wasn't going to be the greatest news. But yeah, unfortunately, this was probably the worst news that the Chargers could have gotten. MRI reveals that he tore his ACL and he is unfortunately done for the season. And Tad, unfortunately, this is something that we've talked about with Chargers receivers, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. More Mike Williams, I'd probably say, than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's been able to stay healthier more compared to Mike Williams. But yeah, I don't know if you know this, Tad, but Mike Williams has not played a full season since 2018. I'm, and look, I, I don't say this to be mean. I'm honestly shocked he played a full season at all in his NFL career. Like that, yeah. I thought you were going, going to say since college. Cause like, I mean, it's, it's look, it's frustrating. I'm not, you know, happy he got hurt obviously, but no, the, definitely the, yeah. the fact like the second he went down, they're like, Oh, he's down. I was like, yep, there we go. Cause it's just like, it's what you expect at this point. So what is that now? Six years straight where he's had some type of not major injury, but injury enough to make him miss a good amount of time. Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly the way it lines up there, Tad. That just unfortunately, just this guy is just not be able to see the field. When he sees the field, I mean, this guy is an electric piece of that offense. And just unfortunately, just that's the biggest thing. Like we talked about it before. It's one of the biggest cliches in sports. It's just the best ability is availability. And just fortunately, Mike Williams just doesn't have that. Unfortunately, it is tool bag. It's just something that's just he's lacking. Unfortunately, it just, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think this Chargers offense was going to take that next step with Kellen Moore under center. They've been having historic sort of like you know odd pace for doing a lot of great things in that passing offense that rushing offense as well and just yeah now they're going to lose a big piece of that offense and so tad i mean this is a good opportunity for your boy out of tcu quentin johnson can finally sort of step up i know a lot of people were talking past couple of weeks just like oh quentin johnson was talked about a lot during the offseason talked a lot about during training camp talked a lot about during preseason but just so far during the regular season i just don't know what has changed where he's not being involved in not, but not being annulled enough, excuse me, I should say there. Um, but the other sort of beneficiary there has been Josh Palmer. I think he's the fourth year receiver now. Um, but yeah, he's been looking pretty good. He had that very lucky Ted. I don't know if you're watching. I was, was going to bring this highlights. up. No, I was going to bring this up because that, that, that catch was, like, was ridiculous. This, that was absolutely unreal that the defender, a Caleb Evans was not able to come up with the interception. And then it literally just fell right into the hands of Josh Palmer while he was in midair. Exactly. Like for, for those of you who don't know, this deflection like bounced off the Vikings. Was his like was his shoulder pads no, or it was, was like his chest? hands? It was his hands? his hands? It hit his face mask. That's it what it was. Right it hit into his the face hands mask. of Josh Palmer, and Josh Palmer just had a free touchdown right there. Just had to go a couple like I think three yards, and then he's into the touchdown. So that was the game leading touchdown. Vikings obviously still had a chance to take the lead, but just that was the difference maker. And yeah, Caleb Evans could have iced it right there. It just. God, he was so like they panned to him. He was sitting on the field. He was just so upset. And I would be too, because that was gifted to him. Yeah, you're just sitting there like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, (laughs) come on. 
Um, but no, I think, I mean, look, yes, this is, and that's why I've been texting my friends the past couple days. And again, not that I'm happy about Mike Williams being hurt, but this is a very good opportunity for Quinn Johnson to step up. Um, but look, I got, you know, when it comes to giving our listeners advice and viewers advice, uh, when it comes to our fantasy football team, I, I have to say objective. And by that, I mean, I don't trust Quinn Johnson for whatever reason. Like you said, he's just been doing you know, virtually nothing this year is he only has five catches for 25 yards on the season. I'm with you. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, maybe it is one of those things of like Josh Palmer is just more refined than him because that was a big criticism you and I both shared on Quinn yes, Johnson sure. was that like his game is good. All the physical tools are there. He just needs to refine his route running, his understanding of the game. Cause take it from me. Most of the time at TCU, it was either run a crossing route or run a go route. And he was just the much better athlete. So he won most of those. So I, I wonder if that's at play here. But for the immediate future, I trust Josh Palmer miles more than I trust Quentin Johnson right now. And especially because, like you said, even with that lucky touchdown, Josh Palmer was targeted as their deep threat against Minnesota, especially when they got in emergency mode, the Chargers. They started kind of stretching the field, not with Keenan Allen, which is a smart move, but with Josh Palmer. And normally that is a role I would have reserved for Quentin Johnson. So I think that Josh Palmer with Mike Williams uh, absence is the more likely one to step up right away. Now it's important to kind of, you know, keep tabs of how that develops throughout the season. But for now, for, and by now, I mean the next few weeks, I think Josh Palmer is definitely the more dependable option. Yeah, I think it's uh you got to wait and see with what has Quentin Johnson. I think he has the ability, and hopefully throughout the season he can sort of showcase that with this opportunity. Now, maybe hopefully he can sort of you know put in more work during the tra- the practices, and when the bye week rolls around, put in some serious work during the bye week as well, and hopefully start to gain more of the trust for the coaching staff to get some more uh, targets and get some more obviously routes run in that offense. So yeah, we'll see about that. Fortunate is for Mike Williams, but yeah, hopefully this is just this is just a small blip for the Chargers and it's not going to affect their offense too much. So we'll exactly see what happens there. But Tad, let's get to the next position here. This is pretty significant as well. This happened in your game between the Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. They closed out a Dallas Colts, so you don't have to worry there. This is the running back, which is honestly just this is bad news further for the Baltimore Ravens because they're dealing with a lot of injuries, especially at the running back position. Gus Edwards for the Baltimore Ravens is dealing with an injury. He left the game against the Indianapolis Colts in the fourth quarter, immediately went to the blue medical tent. He was being evaluated for a cushion, and then he left the tent to go straight to the locker room. So, yeah, it was pretty a significant hit there. Um, he's going to be in the concussion protocol. And, I mean, this is going to be significant again, again, where it's just like, is there a possibility they keep this week four? There is a strong possibility. Um, I'm just not sure what this running game is going to look like without him. Because, Tad, we talked about Justice Hill. He's dealing with a toe injury. He was put on IR, so he's going to be gone for at least two yeah, more weeks. that was weeks. a weird move. That was weird. He's going to be gone for at least two more weeks. Obviously, we talked about J.K. Dobbins in week one. Unfortunately, he's out for the entire season, so they can't depend on him. He's obviously, I did bring up in our waiver wire, uh, sorry, in our starts it episode that Kenyon Drake was recently signed. So I think maybe he'll get more touches and targets in this upcoming game here in week four and we already talked about melvin gordon was elevated for the practice squad to now be part of the main roster but outside of those two veterans in drake and gordon 
I don't know what this running game is going to look like. I mean, we did see, I mean, Tad, we were sort of talking about our fantasy teams right before we joined up here. And the team that you played in our LEFB Fantasy League had Lamar Jackson. He scored two rushing touchdowns. So you wonder if now that's going to carry over into future weeks with sort of the unpredictability that they have in the backfield for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So, I mean, this is going to be interesting. They took that rough loss against the Indianapolis Colts where they were the heavy favorite. And now they get a divisional opponent in the Cleveland Browns and Tad. I don't know if you know this about the Cleveland Browns, but they have absolutely shutting down the running game for the opponent. How many sacks does Miles Garrett have at this point? Didn't he have three in this week? Yeah, I think he had three and a half this week. Yeah, that, that seems right, too, for sure. But just like, yeah, I think he has six through the season. It's only been three games. So it's just insane the sort of pace that he is on here. But just, yeah, Ted, the Browns have only allowed – 52 yards per game on the ground through three weeks. So they're absolutely shutting down the run game. So whether it's uh, Melvin Gordon, whether it's Kenyon Drake, whether they decide to some, sign somebody else off the uh, waiver wire, sorry, off the realistic waiver wire, I should say the free agency pool there. Um, we'll see. But just I wouldn't trust the Baltimore backfield this week and in the short term until we can figure out what happens with uh, Gus Edwards and eventually when Justice Hill comes back. But just had. How do you feel about this Baltimore offense going forward now with this news that Gus Edwards may, be, may miss week four? I mean, take it from me of uh, like from someone who watched all that game against the Colts and uh, Ravens, which by the way, Baltimore still hates the Colts for moving, which is like you could tell in that crowd there is still some poison there. And I was like, good oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, oh, God, if the Rams ever come back to St. Louis, that's going to be – some things are going to be said. But um, – especially by me, but anyway, but uh, I was actually shocked because I saw this guy kind of break off a couple good runs and I'm like, who is this person? And they go, Oh, that's Melvin Gordon. And I'm like, seriously, like he looked like old Melvin Gordon for a bit there. So I actually okay. think that he is worth keeping an eye on. And also uh, Edwards uh, status is worth keeping an eye on as well, because I'm actually a little, I, I think I'm a little bit more faithful in this Ravens running, you know, running room, running back room than you are. I think that Melvin Gordon actually could be an interesting fantasy option. Now I agree with you. I don't like them against the Browns. I think that's going to be kind of a, 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 you know, kind of hands in the dirt type of game where it's going to end up being 13 to six or something like that. Cause both of those offenses are a little iffy, both of those defenses are, cause I know people are going to be like, well, I'm going to say this later in this episode, but that Baltimore defense looked iffy last week. They had about half of those people out. Yeah. So, and that's not an exaggeration either. Um, so I actually, uh, Melvin Gordon's an interesting name to keep an eye on. Would I add him this week? Absolutely not. But you brought up one thing that's interesting is the fact that without this running room, um, Lamar Jackson's going to have to carry the ball more. That's just just naturally the next option to go to. So that actually makes me worried about Lamar Jackson. Is what is his longevity going to look like? Because if that's he has true. to run the ball true. way more, we've seen what happens there. And look, and this is me. I'm saying I'm 150 pounds. Like Lamar Jackson's skinny. Like he, he just does not have a body that can sustain that type of, you know, wear and tear. So this actually makes me more concerned about Lamar Jackson than anybody else. 
you make a fair point. I wonder just if that's going to take its toll. But hopefully this is only short term. So, you know, Gus Edwards, like I said, is a protocol. Hopefully it'll be fine and he'll play in week we'll four. See. But just it's something to sort of be aware of. And then whether this can linger on throughout the season. You know, we've seen this with lots of other players that they get a concussion. And they're sort of like just wary every time. Every time they sort of take a hit, you're just like, oh, is this sort of resurface? And they're going to have to miss time later in the season, too. So just something, especially at the running back position, you're going to get hit a lot. So, I mean, just it's, wondering. It's like when Michael, it's like when Michael Thomas grabs his hamstring and you're like, ah, here we go. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see as all plays out, but just, yeah, whether that could be a benefit or a detriment to Lamar Jackson, him getting more carries or being more part of that offense, we'll just have to wait and see exactly how that plays out. So speaking of the quarterback position, let's sort of stick to the quarterback position because our next two players are on the injured list here at the quarterback position. Uh, let's start with the Sunday night game between the Raiders and the Steelers. Jimmy Garoppolo is being evaluated. Uh, this is confirmed by head coach Josh McDales. He's being evaluated for a concussion protocol. Uh, he took a lot of hits in that Sunday night game against the Steelers. Um, he took one significant one. I think it was in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. It might have been in the late of the third quarter. Megan Fitzpatrick came in on a blitz. He didn't hit him that hard, but Jimmy Garoppolo fell to the ground pretty hard maybe he was sort of doing the nba equivalent of a flop there to get the call whoa, i don't know but just whoa i don't throwing know some don't accusations know out there whoa um, but regardless of that tackle or that play he was getting hit quite a bit throughout the rest of the game as well so a lot of people are saying that because of the repeated hits to his head that's what led to his possible concussion and that's sort of why he's in the protocol now uh he was scheduled to address the media after the game last night tab but just unfortunately he wasn't able to do it he was just not feeling up to it and so i think that it's probably very uh, very uh evident that he's probably had a concussion and now he'll be going through the protocol. So we'll see whether he's going to miss week four. Nothing has been confirmed just yet, but yeah, in case he can't go, we'll either see the veteran Brian Hoyer under center for the Las Vegas Raiders O'Connell. Or, yeah, or the preseason darling for the Raiders. I remember a lot of people were talking about this guy. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, that's the rookie out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. So, yeah, we'll see whether he's going to be the starter or whether it will be Brian Hoyer. But just, yeah, so that's one thing to worry about. And then the other quarterback that I want to bring up, Ted, then feel free to give your two cents here on both quarterbacks, uh, Derek Carr for the New Orleans Saints. And this one's actually a little bit more significant, Ted, because he took a big sack from Rashad Gary at the very beginning of the third quarter. Um, he was on to the ground for quite Quite a bit. They ended up helping him out to the sidelines. They took him straight to the locker room. He has an AC sprain in his throwing shoulder. So that's the bigger one. This is his throwing shoulder. So he's definitely going to miss some time. It's looking like it's going to be a few weeks. Thankfully for the New Orleans Saints, it's not going to be season ending or anything super long term. It's just going to hopefully be the next two to four weeks or so, depending on how things heal there. But just... This is what worries me for the Saints, Tad, because we see these, we pretty much saw it in that game. The Saints were up 17 to nothing before that car injury at the beginning of the third. They didn't score any more points the rest of the game when Javis Winston came under center. And what happened? The Packers scored 18 unanswered points, pretty much all of it in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. And they were able to win the game. Javis Winston went 10 for 16 with 101 passing yards, but. I was watching the highlights of that game. I was watching some of the end of that game, too. He just did not look the same comfortable type of quarterback that Derek Carr looked at that offense. There's a reason why the Saints struggled the past two years with the combination of Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill for a little bit, Ian Book I've brought up before. He had, a, I think, a spot start as well. So it's like there's a reason that they went inside Derek Carr. He made that offense look a lot better. They were a lot more competitive a team. But, yeah, if it has to be Jameis Winston for a couple weeks, hopefully it won't affect him too much as far as the standings long term. But just it worries me a lot more oh, about the 
players in that offense as far as James Winston being under center. And the big thing that's what interesting to know too, Tad, is that it's been three weeks. So Alvin Kamara is going to be reinstated for week four. So does this hurt him or does this help him that he's coming back at the right time that they may be able to utilize him more in the offense? But just, yeah, that worries me a little bit going from Carr now to Winston. So yeah, Tad, what are your two sets of both Carr and Garoppolo in their injury situation? You, well, the reason I just, you know, curse on air is uh, not that I would ever do that normally um, is you are actually correct. All 18 points were scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I did not realize that well, because I was watching that red zone. So basically yeah. it just like kept cutting in, but um, no, I mean with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, this is going to sound mean and fancy football is just like this sometimes where it's pretty cutthroat of like, yep, sorry, you got hurt dude. But, you know, here's the fantasy implications. There really are none, in my opinion. I mean, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats this year. He's thrown, and I'll touch on this in a bit. He's thrown for five touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, there's already talk within Raiders circles. I know because I used to work for a company that covers the Raiders, and I'm still subscribed to them on YouTube, and they are already talking. That was one of the first things I saw this Monday morning was, should we start Aiden O'Connell? Maybe. And so, like, if we're talking fantasy, yeah. that's that. Look, Devontae Adams is going to kill it no matter what. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I've been warning. I think we both have. We've been warning you all offseason that do not expect a repeat season from him for multiple reasons. And look at that. We're right. Um, he's looking worse than we thought, too. Like, we both thought that maybe no, he he's is like an RB2 compared to RB1, but he's looking like a flex play at best. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say borderline flex, but uh, yeah, borderline flex, flex play is even be generous too. Like just, yeah. he has not been looking good so far. Through three weeks. So I, I think like, Oh no, our quarterback went down. Um, the, the boldest, and I'm not saying I believe this, but I, I think the boldest fancy outlook, maybe Vaden O'Connell plays like he did in the preseason during the regular season. Um, he could be this year's Brock Purdy. So, uh, yeah. again, not, not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying like, that is the most likely significant fantasy outcome from the situation with the saints. This one's huge. Like you said, cause when, when I first saw he went down just the way he was kind of grabbing his shoulder, I was like, Oh, he broke his collarbone. Cause I've broken my collarbone it looked before. Worse than it, and it looked a lot worse than it ended up obviously becoming. So yeah, I mean, that was just a big relief for, like I said, big relief for the saints fans and the saints team that just, it's not as serious as they, that it looked. But it's funny you should say it's not as serious as it looked because I was right there with you for all day today. I was like, okay, AC joint, you know, that doesn't sound too bad. And they were talking about during halftime on Monday Night Football as I was getting ready for the episode where uh, Ryan Clark apparently had an AC joint. You know, maybe he's just doing this for TV, but I doubt it. Um, And he said it was the most uncomfortable injury he's ever dealt with. He could not even lift his arm, which, by the way, shows how psychotic football players are. But he was like, I couldn't even, like, lift my arm all week during practice. They shot some stuff into it right before the game. I was good to go. I was like, what is the matter with you? Like, if you cannot lift your arm, just sit out one game. It's not that bad. Just just stop. But anyway, um, but he said it's obviously very different for a safety versus a quarterback with a throwing, you know, where it's his throwing arm too, which is pretty significant. Cause I feel like left arm, you can kind of make that work with right arm. You can't slant it like that. So I would be shocked from everything I've heard about just how, and this is a weird thing. I haven't heard painful all that often. I've heard uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. from everything I've heard about how uncomfortable this injury is, Derek Carr, I think is out definitely next week. My guess is, probably the next two weeks. And like you said, Jameis Winston just showed me nothing. Like he showed me nothing. I've been saying for years that this guy sucks. People are like, but he threw for 30 touchdowns. I'm like, okay, so we're just going to forget the 30 interceptions, but exactly. 
yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Jameis Winston. Uh, I think this will sorely hurt Michael Thomas's uh, uh, production, which is sad because Michael Thomas has actually been having a sneaky, not good, but sneaky solid season. Um, that running game, I don't trust at all now. Um, the only person that I think really still is pretty solid is obviously Chris Olave because he's just such a good dynamic weapon that they will find ways to use him. But other than that, all other Saints players in my book are untouchable going forward. Yeah, it's a real tough one. It's a real situation to monitor there to see how long Derek Carr is going to be out. But yeah, the Raiders situation, I probably wouldn't have trusted anybody in that offense anyways, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. So yeah, we'll see exactly how that all plays out. I dropped Jacoby Myers for a Cardinal. Yeah, that's kind of the state of affairs right now here as we enter week four. And now let's sort of get to our week four waiver wire picks now, because obviously we brought up a couple of injuries there. So let's sort of get into our picks here as far as who we like at each position. So we'll start to go through this as quick as we can here, Tad. So let's start at the quarterback position. We ended the injury report with the quarterback. So who do you like off the quarterback waiver wire here at week four? You're my boy, Blue. I still believe in you, buddy. Kenny Pickett. He's my boy. And he finally <laughs> looked good. He didn't throw any picks. He had above, I think it was like above 70%. It definitely was above 65% completion rate. I know it was the Raiders fair criticism, but Hey, he finally looked like he has shit together for the first time all year. So I'm, you know what? I'm crediting his slow start to the fact that he did not play in the preseason almost at all, if at all. So I think that is having a massive effect on the week one, week two performances that, is going under discussed is a lot of these starters. The, this is their preseason is the first two weeks. So personally, if I was a coach, I would kind of change it up a bit, but that's a whole other discussion. So I, I call it, call it a bold prediction, but I'm saying Kenny Pickett is back. And I think you can actually land him in most of your leagues too, because he's available in 26% of leagues. Uh, sorry. He's only rostered in 26% of leagues in ESPN. And the, the fact that – so he scored 18 points against the Raiders, which isn't really screaming at you, which is fair, but that's also why you take advantage of that opportunity because he's not going to – like Jordan Love, like people are going to – and by the way, Jordan Love would have been my pick because you and I both said like, hey, prove it to us. Oh, boy, did he prove it to us. Um, so if Jordan Love is still there, I say go for him over Pickett. But if Jordan Love is not available in your league or if you're a little bit further back in the waiver wire order, I think Kenny Pickett is a great guy that's not going to be high up on many other people's lists. And you look at his next two games, he is uh, scheduled to go for uh, against Houston next week. And then they play Baltimore, which, again, I understand is, you know, um, is was hurt last week but with that said is i still think that you know baltimore's defense is pretty susceptible to allowing the good quarterback performance so i I think that kenny pickett's the way to go i don't know how much of that came through most of it came through but we had to welcome in a special guest oh i I didn't want to be on this show (laughs) i was coming to say hi oh god i was wondering why i thought it was on my end my god (laughs) so so of all people this is such perfect timing i don't know Amir, did you do this on purpose he came on, so I just sort of added him right. in right as you were finishing I just, got done, I just got done recording my show, and I saw you guys were live, and I was just like, I'm going to stop by and say hi. I, I was right in the chat so, saying, what's up? So, Al, so we are going over our week four waiver wire targets. I will give you three guesses who I picked for my quarterback target. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> oh, you didn't even need all three. You didn't need all three. <laughs> That's why I love you. 
No, Kenny Pickett. No, in reality, like he's playing really good football, and he's like everybody's mad at Canada, but it's going to take a while for him to make the system work for Kenny Pickett. And you see it in week three. Don't sleep on the Steelers. They're a really good football team. Like they're making the turn. Like they haven't quite turned the corner yet, but they're making that turn. Like Kenny Pickett, Tad, I would like to admit that you are right about the Kenny Pickett pit. That was the, that was the excellent pick that the Steelers made. Now the one the Giants made, we the bet still out on that one. How, how many more sacks? Four. He needs four more sacks, but this if he gets if go. he gets if he gets three if he gets a sack every three games, then you will win the bet. There you go. There you go. And I think the big thing too, uh, Alfred and Tad here is just that the reason Kenny Pickett looked a lot better against Las Vegas was just he got a lot more protection. Like, I mean, that's the biggest thing. He got a lot more time in the pocket to actually scan the field and make the right throws. That was sort of the big problem that he had against San Francisco week one. They were just generating a lot of pressure on him. And then in week two, just the very same thing is just he wasn't able to get that time to sort of sit there and process what the defense is giving him to sort of make the smart throws. He kind of had to rush everything. But here, what we saw in week three, he was getting more time. He was able to sort of look and see what he wanted to do. And he looked a lot better. Uh, did you see that bomb to Calvin Austin? That was a that perfect was awesome. throw. That was beautiful. That was awesome. It's like he had the time. He was able to sort of execute that way. So, yeah, if he could continue to get that all season long, yeah, he's 100% going to look like a great waiver wire addition for sure. Um, Al, do you got any uh, picks here as we sort of, you know, turn it to you here just really quick? You got any, uh, we're, we're, we're putting you on the spot. Or if you don't, if you don't want to reveal your secrets here as we're all in the same league here, that's totally fine, too. It's not a no, big deal. No, that's not a big deal. Uh, I actually I actually don't have any picks. I kind of okay. I kind of freelance it and then I just go off a of feel. I need to make all some. Right. I need to make some. Room. Let me ask you guys this. I don't want to mess up your show. I just want to ask you guys okay, this we're, question. We're, sure. I want to ask you guys this question real quick. All and right. then and then I will leave. I need right. in my other league. I need help at running back. I have Isaiah Pacheco. I had I had somebody else, but it's just not, oh, I had uh, the backup quarter, the backup running back from the Eagles. I need I need at least a running back or two running backs. Where should I go and who should my available pick be? Who should I well, look at? Remember, should we jump to our running backs and then we'll jump back to your quarterback? I think 100%. Well, we can skip my quarterback, too. It's not a big deal there. But just, yeah, I think we're about to get to running backs here, Tad. I think just the biggest one that, I mean, Alfred, obviously, you probably heard about this. You know, the Miami Dolphins won against the Denver Broncos on Sunday, right? Oh, they so, did? I, it was, it was think, a tight game. It was a pretty close game, I probably had to say there. But I think just the one half of that dynamic duo that we saw in that backfield for Miami, most people have probably drafted Raheem Mostert in their various leagues. Um, Alfred, I know you sort of mentioned that there was a league that you're playing in that was only like six or eight people. So there may oh. be a chance that Raheem Mostert's available in that league. Ooh, if he is, go grab him. But this guy is probably going to be 100% readily available in those leagues as well as leagues that you play with 10 or 12 people as well. And that is Devon Ashane, the rookie out of Texas A&M. I mean, just had, I know you always text me about like, oh my God, I was right about this guy. I was right about this guy. What did I tell you about Devon Ashane? You were right. right. No, and I was not, Miami. I was not right about him because you, you were very high on him going in, not just the fantasy season, but the draft season as well. Um, and during the draft, I didn't say he sucked, but yeah. there was just nothing about him that excited me. And then I was looking at him playing on Sunday. I'm like, where the hell has this guy been? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. He's bringing tackles left and right. Like, he looked insanely good. So I agree with you. He will be the top waiver wire target. But here's my concern. And I'll be interested to hear your opinion, Amur, and as well as yours, Al. Because my concern with him is this feels like typical Niners. 
where uh, who was where Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, there was some random ass uh, running back you guys had with the Niners like a year or two ago who broke out for a performance somewhat similar, a little lesser, where it was like a 25, 30 point performance like late in the season. So everybody was like, oh, my God, like, this is the, you know, it's funny, Ted, that running back was Jeff Wilson Jr., who is also a member of the Miami Dolphins. There you go. <laughs> I knew, I, you guys, my whole point is there's so many of these guys that blow up and it's just like, is he going to be dependable? So I think don't expect him to now be putting up like 10, 15 points. But if he keeps on showing these flashes of promise, I think he's a very, very valuable bench stash at this point. But that's where I limit him is he's still a bench player in my mind. Sure. Fair, fair. Alfred, what are your thoughts there on uh, this, just the whole Miami offense on Sunday and then just sort of this backfield is just like, do you think that's sustainable? I do think it's sustainable because yeah. uh, I'm going to say his name. Is he a McDaniel? Mike McDaniel? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Mike McDaniel. yeah. Um, there's so many mix in the NFL. That oh, no, Josh, <laughs> Josh McDaniel. Uh, Josh McDaniels and Mike McDaniel like all the time. So, what yeah, did you're I do alone. last time? Yeah, yeah. I, I make something. Who's the last Broncos coach? Mike McCoy. Uh, I did, yeah, yeah, I call McCoy, I call yeah. Mike McDaniel Mike McCoy one yeah, time. Yeah. So Mike McDaniel is a West Coast guy. He actually came from Mike Shanahan Broncos through that. So the run game is a big factor in it. And so they do play a lot of two back systems. Even Terrell Davis had a backup running back. So the the issue is that the Dolphins have number ten and number seventeen. So you will never be able to fill the box up. So the running game is always going to be predominant in Miami. If you stop the run game, you can't stop the passing game. Well, so, yeah, so, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in, but, yeah, so. No, that's fair. I've, I've done that, too, on the show. Because <laughs> the pass game is so effective. So, the run game is going to be consistent all year. It's going to be consistent all year. There you go. Go ahead. I love you, Al. I love you so much, man. <laughs> but, yeah, Al, I think definitely if he's available in all your various leagues, I think Devonta Shade is definitely a guy that you want to pick up because – I saw this guy at Texas A&M, and I was like, this guy's got burning speed. I was like, if he ever lands in, like, a situation where he can utilize that speed, i.e. Miami, like, he's going to be an absolute threat. And just the biggest thing with the Shane was just that he needed the opportunity. Like, Mostert is healthy, which is good for Miami, but the biggest thing is that we talked about Jeff Wilson Jr. He is currently hurt, and so that's why a Shane was able mm. to sort of ascend here. Also, you have to remember, Salvin Ahmed was getting some carries in the first and second week. He got he very also quick. Hurt. He got He's also hurt, quick. though. That's the biggest thing, too. So Devin Ashade was able to sort of Devon Ashade. Like, this is the biggest thing me and Tavern were talking about, too. It's like, preseason, it was no. Devin Ashade. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing the imposture. Now, it's Devon Ashade. So it's like, I don't know what it is. Um, but that's the biggest thing, too. He's getting the opportunity. And just the fact that he had such a blowout game against Denver, it's like, why would you not give this guy more carries going forward, too? So he's 100%. Just like Al said, this is sustainable. They're going to use that running game. They're coming from Kyle Shanahan's zone running scheme attack, too. They like to use the speed. Both these guys are speed demons in that backfield. This is just going to be... Man, Miami is going to be, you know, crazy to watch how they go going forward. And they have a great test coming up this week. They play Buffalo. So that's going to be a oh, very, very good game good. to watch. Now, I had a, a couple of friends of mine were in uh, Vegas this past weekend. And I told one of them. Uh, so I, I gave him a bunch of, like, division winner props I liked. Which, uh, by the way, one of the bets I placed somewhere was uh, 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Plus 550. Ooh, I like that. Um like that. <laughs> But he was like, okay, the book I'm at only has conference champion, you know, winners or like conference winners. And I was like, God damn it. So I was like, no, I'm not going to play St. Bets. And then like, I, as the game was unfolding, like, why don't you put 20 of the dolphins for me? <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, 
You you guys got, yeah, we appreciate you stopping by, man. Next time, just do it anytime you want, Dad. Oh, no problem. See you guys. <laughs> All right, All right, see you, buddy. Take care. take care. All right, so that was a great uh, quick cameo there by our good friend Alfred, who holds the Salute Detroit podcast. So if you need your USC Trojan news, make sure you check out his podcast. Got a lot of great content there for sure. So, Tad, I know we're sort of jumping around here. Let's sort of move things along here. We won't stick around to too many other picks here, but 100% Devin, Devon Shakes. See, I keep going between Devin, both. Devon, like I <laughs> Just, just do whatever um, feels right to you. The Miami rookie running back. That's the guy that you want. You know, however you want to say his name. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but he is 28. Looking, is it 28? 28. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. 28. So, yeah, okay, I think he's it. going to sustain in that offense. He's going to get a lot more opportunities. He's going to be a threat for sure going forward. So, Tad, let's get to the wide receivers here. Really quick, why don't you give me your pick here? Uh, Romeo Dobbs. I mean, I'm, I'm, look, I'm yeah. convinced. Like mm-hmm. I said, Jordan Love would have been my pick at quarterback had I not picked him at quarterback last week. Um, sure. the, the, look, I'm a believer. This Packers offense is legit. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to be worried about, like, well, Christian Watson still hasn't returned, but I think that it cannot be understated that the last three weeks, the amount of chemistry that he and Jordan Love have built up, that's very hard for Christian Watson to, you know, quote, unquote, overcome, even though it's his teammate. So I think that even if Christian Watson does eat into Jordan, or Jordan Love's, uh, even <laughs> if Christian Watson does eat into Romeo Dobbs's, uh, target share i think that their chemistry especially in the red zone that's where they looked like magical yesterday was in the red zone when they really need to get stuff done um i don't think there's any overcoming that at this point so i think that romeo Dobbs will continue to be a top target for this packers team that while good i'm not trashing the packers but i do think they'll be in a lot of close games this season which means a lot of passing opportunities so romeo Dobbs, who this shocked me I was shocked at this. He is only rostered in 27% of ESPN leagues. So he's a widely available out there. I think this is the more valuable uh, wide receiver pickup. Yeah, I think people are still maybe a little bit hesitant of that Green Bay offense. You also have to look like we talked about the New Orleans Saints. They lost Derek Carr. So were they the same team in the second half? You could argue maybe they weren't. So maybe that's part of the reason as to why the Packers were able to come back. But I still think you can't deny the fact that Jordan Love has been sort of being a lot of people's expectations as far as what they were sort of going to get from Jordan Love, just, oh, this guy is not going to look good. He's not been looking good in the preseason. There's a reason we haven't heard his name so much, even with Aaron Rodgers there, as far as him being the successor. So now we're sort of seeing it in play. He's looking pretty strong. He's building a strong connection with Romeo Dobbs, as well as Jaden Reed, the rookie that Will Decker brought up on our Senior Bowl live He worried me. He's too many, pretty good too many drops. Too many drops. He dropped That's like fair, but balls. that's a name that you want to keep an eye on as the season sort fair. of progresses along there. So for sure, that's another name there. I'm going to go with the veteran here, Tad. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen for the Carolina Panthers. This, all in- right, spoiler alert. Sorry to interrupt you. This would have been my pick. <laughs> so rostered in 54% of ESPN leagues and 47% of Yahoo leagues. So about 50% are both leagues there, roughly there. Um, he only had two targets a week one. And I was like, okay, this guy is just not going to be used in that offense. Bryce Young is just not looking his way. That absolutely skyrocketed the next week, Tad. He has 23 total targets in the next two weeks. So that includes yesterday as well as week two. He had 18 receptions. And like I said, with Bryce Young out, I'm wondering if this obviously inflated his numbers too. We'll see what happens if Bryce Young, once he comes back, whether he'll see these inflated numbers. But with Andy Dalton under center, Tad, he had 14 targets 
for 11 receptions in that game against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, you know I love those target numbers. Keep exactly. That's the main reason that you want to have a guy like that. He was able to put up some really good numbers there. Uh, Bryce Young's probably going to be sidelined for another week. I'm pretty sure they want to be cautious with their future of the franchise there at the quarterback position. So I think they'll probably keep him out another week. Andy Dalton played pretty well. I know they didn't come away with the victory, but I mean, he was able to sort of control that offense, look like a veteran out there for sure. So I think Frank Reich has trust that he can sort of lead his offense for a second straight week but even once young comes back like i have confidence that what we are seeing from adam thielen sort of being that dependable option that veteran presence that guy that you can sort of rely on that's like if i need a crucial down down conversion if i need a crucial catch i need a red zone target adam Thielen's is going to be that guy who could sort of do that because he was doing all that in minnesota unfortunately they got a you know unfortunately they got a better option in jordan addison <laughs> so it's like they were able to move on justin adam justin thielen jefferson there. Uh, well, obviously, Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson okay, played with gotcha, Adam Thielen. Gotcha. I'm talking about they moved on okay. from Adam Thielen and replaced him with right. Jordan Addison. I'm talking about that set. So I think he still has a lot of juice left in the tank, and I think he can flourish here in Carolina around a lot of young playmakers, be a dependable option for that young correct and Bryce Young, as well as the veteran Andy Dalton, since he's probably going to play one more week. Well, and I think another important thing to remember, too, is when we talked about this on last week's episode, is uh, you know Bryce Young threw his first – not his first – career touchdown but he threw his first touchdown to adam thielen uh last week and so i think yeah. it, you kind of saw that chemistry start to grow a bit and it's mm-hmm. just unfortunate mm-hmm. that bryce young got hurt so I, I agree i think that is a very valid concern of how you know how will this quarterback you know not carousel but how will this quarterback change affect his uh you know fantasy value but honestly like you said now that this offense is as that feeling is starting to get a little hot and like finally the wheels are rolling I, maybe there isn't one it's definitely a concern to keep in mind but it's i like i said like he was my top pick for wide receiver so i think that that's a good, excellent excellent pick for sure for sure so let's get to the tight ends here tad who do you like in week four off the wire so this is a guy I was talking up a lot during the offseason. Um, he's not doing quite as well as I hoped, uh, and not even for the reasons I thought. Is I thought uh, Luke Schoonmaker would like kind of eat into his production. I'm like, eh, that could be a little iffy. And he is a little bit, but uh, Jake Ferguson, I think, is finally looking like uh, you know the Dak Prescott security blanket that we've all been looking for. He's had seven targets in uh, two of the last three weeks. He put up 8.6 points last or two, yeah, last week seven points this week um so i look i'm a little iffy on this partially because you also stole my top option for this position um <laughs> but i think like if you are kind of hurting for tight end if you because look tight ends have been brutal this year like they're it, the, it is slim pickings for tight end so if you truly are like i need desperate immediate help there i'm not saying this guy is gonna like absolutely kill it for you but i think he's gonna be solidly dependable to get you six plus points a week uh, just from his pure target share. And there will be weeks where he goes off because they just target him a lot in close uh, goal, not goal range, goal line situations. So I think that Jake Ferguson is a fairly solid ad at this point, especially because once again, if it's week three, well, we're going into week four, this pool of tight ends is only going to dry up that much more. So I think like if you have a guy that you can just solidly depend on at this point, not a bad bet. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good, I think because, like you said, just the volume share is there with Jake Ferguson. is just like, I think that's going to continue on throughout the season because it's like we're seeing him not involve Brandon Cooks. I'm just wondering if the deep routes are just not there, especially with some injuries of the offensive lines that that's preventing Dak Prescott to really sit and make the throws that he wants. So I think probably Brandon Cooks is open at times, but just he's not getting the time to do it. Um, his connection with CeeDee Lamb is somehow off right now. Like, I, mean, I don't know, Tad, if you were watching that Cardinals game, but just there are a lot of yeah, times he's trying to hit him Yeah. <laughs> there are times that you try to hit him and wide open passes, but just like it was a little off. It was overthrown. There are passes that just CD Lamb probably should have gotten, but he just couldn't sort of thing. So just like that's something that sort of worries me a little bit too. But where here, you know, Jake Ferguson is not a speed threat. He's more a dependable option to get you those short yardage games, He's- hopefully the red zone too. So yeah, I like this pick. I'm not comparing him talent wise before you accuse me of that, but you know what fantasy tight end he reminds me a lot of? Jason Witten. This is the exact <laughs> shit that Jason Witten would do. Now, tell me I'm wrong. The last couple of years, the last like five years of Jason Witten's career, it would just be like five points, six points, seven points, six points, seven points. Oh my God, Jason Witten just went off for like 17 points. And you'll be like, yeah. oh my God, Jason Witten's bad. Like that's exactly what he would do too. It, it's, it's pretty much for the same reasons because he would rack up those receptions, but he would get like, it would be like eight catches for 50 yards. Yeah. And that's basically what uh, Jake Ferguson is doing now, too. So it's just it's a very similar kind of expectation setting for that. Hot take Jason Witten should not be all of Hammer. Interesting. Interesting. So <clears throat> I'm going to get to my tight end pick here, Tad. I know you're sort of clamoring for this pick as well. You're this pretty upset good. that this I picked him here. Uh, but this is sort of surfacing from the news that we brought earlier, just that Mike Williams is going to be out for the entire season. And this just becomes a next man up mentality. And so like we talked about Josh Palmer, we talked about the rookie Quentin Johnston, but I think this guy at the tight end position, Gerald Everett, I think is going to see an uptick in targets as well. And so Tad, I know we were big believers in Gerald Everett last season. But I think now with the change, he did, okay. he did okay last season. He did pretty good. But I remember we talked about him a lot, especially in these particular episodes. Our waiver yeah, episodes, we were yeah. collaborating for a lot of people yeah. to go after him. But I think this is now the perfect situation for you to go after him because of that injury, unfortunately, to Mike Williams being out for the entire season. Now this guy can get a lot more opportunity. So I mean, to look at this offense and. Keenan Allen just has a monster start to the season. Like this guy is just like out of his mind right now. If he stays healthy, like this guy can finish, you know, fantasy, possibly top five. I mean, I would say possibly top five, five, but maybe even in the top three. Fantasy comeback player of the year. Easily. Easily. He's looking very, very strong there. Um, I think just the biggest question is just like we brought Josh Palmer, we brought Quentin Johnson. Obviously I bring up Gerald Everett here, but just, it's going to be really just sort of like a, figuring out who's going to step up opposite of Keenan Allen. And so, like I said, I like Gerald Everett here. He's comfortable in this system. He has that relationship with Justin Herbert at the tight end position. You can always use a playmaker at that tight end position. He's a big body. He's also athletic too. So it's like, not only will he get you sort of those big, you know, targets in the red zone, but he could also get you some yardage as well with his speed ability too. So while I like Josh Palmer, I know we sort of talked that in the immediacy to sort of take those um, receiver role, uh, that receiver, duties excuse me opposite of keenan allen and maybe they'll start to sprinkle in quentin johnston i think continuously through this offense we're going to see gerald everett used a lot more he's going to become a debatable target with justin herbert going forward and i really like his fantasy aspects going forward now with the unfortunate news that mike williams is going to be out for the season 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like Josh Palmer as a solid number two option for Justin Herbert, but I like the term you use of who steps up because I think that who steps up to be the number three option, which sounds like, okay, who gives a shit about number three option? Um, but, this style of offense, it makes exactly, sense. Exactly. Exactly what, what I was about to say. Exactly. <laughs> like that, that still has some fantasy value. Yep. So I think then it's a two-man race between, all right, QJ, Quinn Johnson, do you step up? You beat out Gerald Everett, and if you don't, Gerald Everett's very ready, and he has the inside track too because he's familiar with this offense. So I I give the nod to Gerald Everett there, unfortunately. So like I said, I'm not being a you know a, a homer here. Is um I, I'm wor- I look Quinn Johnson's gonna be fascinating to discuss next year. This year I he's out of the race for me. He's fantasy irrelevant, and I think Gerald Everett is the big reason why. Um so I think expect a lot like what happened last year, like I said with the you know Jason Wynn type things, where there are gonna be weeks where you have 3.7 points from uh uh from Everett and trust me, this is, I'm not saying this from experience, but <laughs> God, I'm so frustrating, but yeah, he had 3.7 points one week and I'd be like, Oh fuck you Everett!" And I'd bench him and then he'd go off for like 12 points. I'd be like, Oh, come on. And then I yeah. started him again. It was like back and forth. It was like getting Yang with him. And I, I would just expect more of the same. So if he is matchup friendly, hundred percent start Gerald Everett. There you go. There you go. So, Tad, let's close this out with our defense and kicker picks. Who do you got for me here in week four? All right. I mean, with defense, let's kick off the ball to the other side. See see what I did All right. there? All right. See, that, sure. was, that was sure. pretty good. That was yeah, pretty okay. good. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> the Chargers defense, which oh. this was another name that kind of uh, surprised me, was they are only rostered in ESPN in 2% of leagues. 2%. I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah. Damn. Um. But more stats that surprised me was so obviously they allowed, you know, just an offensive explosion to the Vikings, yet somehow they still scored eight points. I was like, how in the hell is that possible? And I looked, it's because they have four sacks. I was like, oh, yep. okay. All right. That's tempting. And I was like, well, what about the week before that? They had five. So if my math is correct, and, you know, double check me on here, uh, nine sacks over the last two weeks. And which is hilarious because I don't know if you were watching or keeping track of Chargers Twitter. They were going after Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa after the Dolphins game where they had zero sacks of like, oh, my God, like we like, you know, could have had. I forgot who the hell they drafted, but they were like, we go back Khalil Mack in his prime and now he sucks. Well, guess what? That defense has come alive now. And on top of all of this, who and this is a purely one week streaming option. Because partially because I'm 90 percent sure they're on their bye week after this, they play the Las Vegas Raiders next week. So they either play a Jimmy Garoppolo who had had minimal to no practice before starting, or an Aiden O'Connell's first start. And I don't know about you, if I'm starting my first NFL game, I am not choosing Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa as the two edge rushers to go against. On top of that. Like we talked about earlier, this offense is just – this Raiders offense is just not good. They are very turnover uh, heavy. Six interceptions for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know – well, I do know Josh McDaniels is a bad coach, which I've been saying for years now. Um, So I think that this is a prime opportunity where the Chargers are key sleepers to be the best defense in week four. So I really, really like where they're going. I said before, I'll say it again. There's a reason I double up on the gear. I'm a believer, baby. Matt Prater, the Arizona Cardinals kicker, he's available in 98% of leagues. Take him. Take him. And here's why. As I, even if the Cardinals 
don't have that great of a record going forward. And I usually try to stay away from these cliches. This is a scrappy team, dude. Like this offense. Oh my God. Like they just like, don't want to quit, which is great for kickers because this offense also is not quite good enough to keep reaching the end zone, but they'll get close enough where I think Prater will have more and more scoring opportunities. He's gone double digits two out of the last three weeks. So I think Matt, if you're desperate for a kick, and I mean, if you're desperate, if your kicker's kind of underperforming. So for example, I had Cameron Dicker um, who only scored about like five points despite the high scoring game. I'm considering dropping Dicker for Prater. So I think that Prater is a real underrated kicker that could really help you out moving forward. It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. So I'm going to go with by defense here, Tad. Um, it's not the strongest pick, especially what happened here on Monday night, but I'm still liking their defensive unit overall. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're rostered in only 21.2% of ESPN leagues and 28% you sure, of Yahoo You sure leagues. about that after tonight? Yeah, it's a little bit more questionable, but I think just the biggest thing is just what we saw for a lot of the game against Philadelphia is that, you know, Philadelphia did start the season out pretty slow, but I mean, they were the second highest scoring team in the NFL last year, and Tampa was able to control that for a lot of the game. Just unfortunately, yeah. just the offense wasn't able to keep up with the defense, which is what you can say with a lot of teams, specifically, you know, um, we've said this so much with like the New York Jets, unfortunately, with Zach Wilson being uh, the quarterback for them right now. They have a really good defense, but I don't know what they're going to do on offense. Are they going to trade for Kirk Cousins? I don't know what's going to happen there, but just they're one of those Kirk teams Cousins. there. saying that's not going to happen. Uh, the Vikings are 0-3. Maybe they want to make a move on his last year there, make something out for, of it. Who is the Vikings backup? It doesn't matter. They sort of go for like a little bit of a refund. I don't know. Who is it actually? I'm going to – you finish your talk. I'm going to fact check that. Regardless, I think, you know, possibly we can see here that the Buccaneers defense is going to keep in a lot of games, you know, give Baker Mayfield some chances there, more opportunities. And unfortunately, just the game got away from this game. You know, the Eagles were able to sort of revitalize themselves. They were able to get some big passes to A.J. Brown. Olivia Zakitas was able to score once in this game. Big speed threat for them. Uh, DeAndre Swift was able to sort of neutralize them as far as getting the running game going. So, um I think you throw this game out the window. I still like the Bucks defense to be a strong defense on the waiver wire based on the matchups that they have. Um, Tad, a low, just looking at their NFC South, you got to like the matchups there just in the AFC, NFC South right. alone. So you got some good matchups there. Uh, maybe not every week you want them starting, but just as a potential streaming option, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are available out there for you. And at the kicker position, Tad, I know you brought them up before, but I'm going to bring them up here. Jake Moody, San Francisco 49ers yep. kicker. I mean, he is rostered in about half of leagues, 54.6% at ESPN leagues, 57% at Yahoo leagues. But he is one of five kickers in the NFL right now, Tad, with at least nine field goal attempts. Crazy thing here, Tad, he's made all of them. Like, I mean, based on what I was watching in preseason, I was like, oh, my God, they absolutely screwed up this pick here. <laughs> drafting him so in the I, third I, round. I know you oh, didn't. You you didn't know this since you were at the game and you weren't listening to the broadcast. Uh, oh God, who does is it? Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football now? Yeah, Al Michaels. He could not stop bringing that up every time Moody made a kick. He was like, after that preseason, that's a surprising make, and he made like four <laughs> of them. And after the third one, I'm like, can you stop kicking the guy? Like, my God. Yeah, honestly, like that was one of the biggest question marks in the offseason was just like, did the Niners make the wrong move? Do they need to re-sign Robbie Gould? It was just like, it was bad preseason performance by Jake Moody. But yeah, honestly, it was just like, 
turn on the light switch for him because as soon as he got the regular season, he has been everything that the Niners hoped he would be being drafted out of the third round. He has double-digit points in all three straight weeks. And so, yeah, I really like this guy to be a strong fantasy kicker for you going forward as well. Niners offense has no trouble moving down the field, but there are some instances where they get maybe a little bit too cute at the red zone. They have to settle for some field goals or they end up stalling. So, yeah, Jake Moody has the long leg, too, to get you some deep field goals as well because he's certainly proven it so far in the regular season. So, Jake Moody, if he's available, you need a better kicker, go pick him up. 100% 100% agree with you on that, and I actually do agree with you. The Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins because they need to see who they, what they have in the next, you know, the face of the franchise going forward, Nick Mullins. <laughs> Forward Niner Nick Mullins. I'll take that. Why not? <laughs> uh, but guys, that I didn't is even know he's win. still in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's still in the league for sure. Nick Mullins uh, out of college. Nick Mullins out of uh, Southern Mississippi. Oh, I thought it was Mississippi State. No, Southern Mississippi, because I remember Shit. this is a big deal. This is a big deal because this is a talking point. Oh, he wore number Radio. four for Brett Favre, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. and he talked to Brett yeah. Favre before his first start. So, yeah, unfortunately, you couldn't get me on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, take, uh, take us to the outro. Exactly. So, guys, that is our waiver wire episode here for week four. We gave you a lot of crucial injuries to sort of be aware of, especially with Mike Williams being out for the rest of the season. So definitely need to make some adjustments there. But, guys, we gave you a lot of great waiver wire picks. We had a guest appearance by our good friend Alfred Rowe. So, I mean, that was good fun as well. But, guys, make sure you're doing whatever you can to support us. So, you see their ticker down below. I caught it a little bit late this time, but just, yeah, make sure you're following us on all our social media handles. You got me at underside23 on Twitter. You got Tad, Tad, Decide94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And, of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So interact with us. We'd love to hear your questions. Love to hear your, you know, um, various, you know, things that you need our help with when it comes to your fantasy leagues, whether it's the waiver wire, whether it's trade advice, whether it's starts it decisions. I mean, we got you covered on all fronts to help you win your respective fantasy football leagues. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe. So you're always up to date with our podcasts, uh, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can listen right on the LEFA network website as well. Hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. Watching us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel so it's always up to date with our YouTube videos as well. And we already talked about our guest appearance by Alfred Bro, but he does a lot of great content as well as a lot of other people on our Parrot Network at LEFE Network. They got you covered with the Rams and the Chargers. I'm pretty sure they got a lot of content when it comes to the Mike Williams injury as well as just what to expect for the Rams and the Chargers going forward. So they got a lot of great content there. And like we talked about, they got a lot of great college content when it comes to UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. So give them a follow and a read and everything that you can to support them as well. Because without them, there is no us for sure. Um, and guys, I mean, just to everybody who's already doing everything that you can to support us, whether you're interacting with us on social media, whether you're listening to podcasts, watching the videos, asking us questions, just interacting with us, um, anything and everything that you're doing, guys. We really can't thank you enough. And I'm going to bring up Al one last time. Is like, guys, we've said this since we started the – since we've done the switch to fantasy football is the main purpose of this podcast is to help you. We literally just took live help. That was not pre-planned. That was, was not, not – I did not – when you were like, what do you need help with? I was like, please don't do this to me because I was like, I'm <laughs> like, like – my internet is moving very slowly tonight. I was like, I cannot do research on the fly. But, you know, we gave Al advice and you can bet 
that I'm about to text out right after this episode is done and say, hey, send me a screenshot of all the available running backs in your league. And also send me a screenshot of any trades you might be able to pull off. Eh, trades. Um, so that is our level of helping people. And I, I won't say his last name, even though I'm pretty sure it's been said on the show before because I don't know if he wants it out there. But uh, shout out to one of our more loyal, if not our most loyal uh, listener and fan, Jay, reached out to us uh, for trade advice. Was that last night? Was that two nights ago? Uh, I think it was two nights ago. Bro. Two nights ago. And uh, me and Amor were so excited. We both gave him, like, not conflicting advice, but, like, <laughs> we both gave him different pieces of advice at the same time. Yeah. And, like, exactly. that is how willing we are to help you guys out. So we want you – and look, this is the time where most fantasy managers start panicking. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm 0-3. Oh, my God, I'm 1-2. I was literally texting a former coworker. Shout out to Jason Davis earlier today. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to go 0-3. I'm like, don't panic. Don't do anything stupid. Relax. This is not like normal football where if you go 0 for 3, you're screwed for the playoffs. There is still time to recover. But it's only if you take the best advice that you can find, which is the side guys. So, as always, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Reach out to us if you need help. Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you can find us, we will help you out the best we can. So, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And please stay safe, everyone.